Good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this very cold and frigid Friday evening in Pittsburgh. And since it's January 7th, as I'm streaming this podcast, it's probably pretty cold wherever you are, too. And if it's not, lucky you. I hope you're in Florida, California, somewhere where it's nice and pleasant and not as cold as it was on Friday, that's for sure. And before I continue with tonight's show, I'd like to please encourage you to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel where we bring you live shows each and every day and night, including this show. We have The Hangover, The Day After Every Steelers Game with Brian Anthony Davis, Shannon White, and yours truly. We have The Scobro Show with Dave Schofield and Rich Schofield. We have uh, Know Your Enemy with Jeffrey Benedict and Michael Beck. We have the Touchdown Under Show with Maddie Peverall and Mark Davidson. We have Steelers Preview with Jeff Hartman, uh, Brian, and Dave. We have the Post Game Show with Jeff, Brian, and Dave. And of, co- and, and of course, you can catch all those shows on Facebook Live as well. And if you're watching me on Facebook right now, you see my hair is all, I have had hair from uh, from being out in the cold all day. Uh, so you, you can catch all those shows on Facebook and, and you can catch all of our live shows after the fact on any audio platform of your choosing. I prefer iHeartRadio, but there are, there's Spotify. There are so many you can choose from. And of course, we have a, a whole host, a whole platform of audio only shows including the stat, the stat Geek, the Live Mic, Let's Ride, the War Room, what Ian's talking about from the cutting room floor. Uh, please check those out. You can catch those on any audio platform. And please check out Behind the Store Curtain, the website. We bring you news, commentary, film breakdown, anything Steelers related. We're one of the first sites to bring it to you. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. And let's check out the live chat. See what we have going on in the live chat. Who's with us tonight on this frigid night? Jared Devil, first one in. I think he's, I think Jared Devil is the uh, overall leader. Uh, first one in, if that's the correct grammar. Kathy Forred, Steelers Pittsburgh, Tyler W., George Teston, Brian Brown, Ryan O'Toole, Just Me, Jacob Winter, Pedro Alamagar. Hope I said that right. And deal with it. All right. So let's talk about our Steelers. It was a magical night and not because of the game. The game was pretty blah, really. I mean, it was a great defensive effort, but it was, mm, there was nothing really um, aesthetically pleasing about, about the Steelers 26 to 14 win over the Browns at Heinz field. It was your typical offensive struggle. Um, it was a great defensive effort. You know, the defense recorded nine sacks. They uh, pretty much kept the uh, Browns running game in check. As um, as the ESPN Monday Night Crew bemoaned all night, I don't know why Cleveland went away from the run so much, uh, given Pittsburgh's struggles in stopping it in 2021. But since the Browns were out of it, they were officially eliminated. Maybe they were just trying to get – Maybe they were just trying to uh, get Baker Mayfield some confidence heading into um, 
the off season. Who knows? I mean, um, it just didn't make any sense. But maybe had they tried to run, maybe they wouldn't have been able to have do a good job because the front seven missing Devin Bush, missing Joe Schobert, I think too. Um, they uh, they they held strong. Latavius Adams played a, a great game, filling in. Uh, of course, uh, Cam Hayward played an extraordinary game, as always. But what about T.J. Watt? Wow. Um, four sacks. Uh, he's one away from tying Michael Strahan's all-time record. Uh, you can argue that it's, it, it, it's going to take him an extra game. But to, to, to possibly break or tie uh, Strahan's record. But you could also say he missed so much time in 2021 with injuries that it's kind of a wash. So the defense played great. Um, offense, not so much. But it was history. It was historical. Um, it was something you don't see very often if you're a fan of any team. Um, if you're somebody like me, it, it reminded you know, somebody my age, I should say, it reminded me of uh, of, of Chuck Knowles' uh, final two home games in 1991. He, he uh, played the uh, the Bengals, defeated them. I think I think, I think both scores were 17-10. Uh, the Bengals and the Browns. Chillingly enough, maybe ironically enough, uh, Knowles' last game was against Bill Belichick, who was the Browns' coach at that time. And I say chillingly, or if that's even a word, because uh, Belichick, of course, went on to um, have maybe the greatest coaching career ever. And when Noel retired, he was the winningest Super Bowl head coach of all time. Of course, now Belichick is with, what, six? So that was kind of a, uh, almost uh, eerie that those two – faced off in, in Noel's final game. But that's what that's what uh that's what this past Monday reminded me of. Um and I've said this before. When I was growing up in the eighties, I couldn't imagine anybody else coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers. How would they ever be able to replace Chuck Noel, the Emperor? He was such a a large, larger than life figure. He was Pittsburgh Steelers. He was the face of the franchise, even though he didn't like the limelight. He was the face of the franchise. He was really, you know, along with Dan Rooney, the the key figure that turned the Steelers from a, a sad sack franchise into NFL royalty, really. Uh, one of the marquee teams in all of professional and collegiate sports. So uh, when he left, and, you know, it wasn't official uh, when, he, when that game against the Browns ended, in late uh, 91, but it was pretty much assumed that he was done. And of course on Monday night, Roethlisberger took it a step further. I mean, he made it obvious that, that that was it for him. He said goodbye to all the fans. He shed a few tears. And really, I think in a lot of ways it made uh, sitting through this uh, pretty putrid offense all year long with Roethlisberger coming back and a new um, offensive coordinator, a, a pretty much a brand new offensive line and, and the struggles that they all endured in 2021. I think it made it all worth it to see Roethlisberger uh, get the farewell treatment that he did to see him get the send off. He did to see the, the, the fan or the hear the fans 
uh, pour out their love for, for number seven, a guy who's always been really underappreciated nationally. I mean, you know, everybody knows he's a great quarterback, but, you know, he's always been underappreciated. I was shocked to learn, I don't know why I didn't know this already, that he, that Roethlisberger was never a first-team All-Pro his entire career. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's played 18 years, been to three Super Bowls, won two of them, um, what's close to, I don't even know, over 60,000 yards. I mean, they, they posted the stats all throughout the game on Monday. So for him never to be a first-team All-Pro, I mean, obviously there were a lot of great quarterbacks that were in the NFL when when uh, Ben was in his prime, you know, including Peyton Manning and obviously Brady and those guys. But still, you would think that that uh, that Roethlisberger would, would 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 at least earn one first team All Pro honor, but he never did. But for as much as uh, as he's been underappreciated, I think nationally and somewhat locally too, you, you you might say. I think the fans really really uh, uh, came through on Monday with, with, with their love and support for, for Ben, because I think they know Steeler fans, uh, Dan Rooney said it years ago, they know their football, right? And for as much as we, we, we act silly on, on the internet and maybe have irrational takes deep down, we know our football and we know that things are never going to be, be the same without Ben, at least not for, for a while. We know how, how hard it is to find a, 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 a quarterback of that caliber. So, uh, you know, we know what it means to when, when, when a, a player of that stature, a quarterback of that stature decides to move on with his life's work or get on with his life's work. So, you know, I think that was all part of the, of the send off. I think we all know, and all the, all the fans know that he was the missing piece. He was the reason why we can say got six, you know, that t- we can wear that T-shirt, we can boast about the six Super Bowls. You know, the Patriots might have tied the Steelers, but they just tied them. You know, they didn't uh, break that record, and uh, it just showed you how hard it is to to, to get them any Super Bowls. So, so it, it was it was fitting to see. And, and speaking of that, I have a five dollar super chat from Ryan O'Toole, and he says, "Touching send off for Ben. Does TJ set a sack record this week? Stay warm." I think I think TJ sets a, a sack record this week, and thank you for the five dollars, Ryan. And it was a touching send off, as I as I just said, it was uh, it was it was it was historic. Like I said a few minutes ago, it was something that that um, you know, as a, as a a a fan of NFL films, I grew up on NFL films. I cut my teeth on the NFL thanks to NFL films. You know, I'm not an X and X's and O's guy, but I love the history of the game. I love the theater. I love the drama. I love the suspense. You know, I love going back and, and, and rewatching, you know, NFL films, features on the Ice Bowl, features on the 70s, the America's Game features, all, all the teams, not just the Steelers. I love watching all those uh, uh, old Super Bowl years, you know, the, the Cowboys, the Raiders, Washington, the 49ers. Even the Patriots. I, I, I love going back and, and, and just so to see a moment like that live, you know, you grow up and, and you and you watch NFL films and you see Bart Starr getting getting a, a, a send off at, at Lambeau Field back in the what the early seventies. You see Joe Namath getting a send off. You see Len Dawson uh, 
all these great players and not just quarterbacks either, but, you know, other positions, you know, and, 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 and to see that live, that that was an extraordinary thing. So I, I was, I was really grateful to, to, to witness it. And I, and I soaked it all in, you know, I, I took it all in. I, I, I'm not, I'm not an emotional person really. I mean, I don't really cry. I don't shed tears of joy. I, I sometimes I, I said, uh, shed tears of, uh, of anxiety and, uh, stress, but you know, I'm not somebody who, who gets overly emotional, but I did take up, take that all in. I did make sure I sat there and watched every last second of Roethlisberger's final moments as a football competitor for the Steelers at Heinz Field. So in many ways, even though he came along a few years after Heinz Field, in many ways, he's the guy who, uh, who built Heinz Field. Or he made it into the magical place it has been for so many all these years. So, um, thanks for everything, Roethlisberger. Thanks for everything, Big Ben. It was, uh, we still have one game to go, but you know, since we're, it's been such a, a, a big week for, uh, for talking number seven, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's just, I'll always be grateful for the uh, for what you did for the Steelers. Growing up in the '80s and uh, coming along as a fan after those super '70 years, uh, it was rough. I mean, it was fun. I mean, you're watching, you're a kid watching sports. It's it's never that rough, but but I always want to see them get over the get over that hump and and win one for the thumb. And the '80s, they were really not equipped to do that the 90s they were equipped but they just could never quite get there they couldn't reach the promised land and one thing they were missing was that quarterback and that that problem reared its ugly head again in in 01 and 02 but uh by the time ben roethlisberger came along it was clear that he was the missing piece and it was just a matter of time before he uh he, he he got them to the to the top of the mountain once again and he did that in the second year. I mean, obviously, he had help. It was a great team that he joined. But I don't think they would have won without him. As good as that team was on offense and defense, that, that core group of the, uh, from 04 through 2010, that, that one that made it to those three Super Bowls, as great as that team was, they weren't going to get over the hump without Ben. So I'll always be, be appreciative. I'll always be grateful. I'll always be thankful. He'll always be one of my favorite Steelers. And, you know, you can make a great argument that he's the greatest Steeler who's, who, who's ever lived. So that's pretty much all I want to say about, uh, about, about Ben. And now I'll transition to some talk about other parts of the game. Like, hey, how about that offensive line? Uh, you know, it really showed out on uh, Monday, it, you know, it, it really wasn't even uh, the line we saw at the beginning of the year. You had JC Hassenauer in there at center. You had LeGlue. I think he was playing if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, uh, they really made, in, in many ways played their best game of the year. I mean, certainly uh, Dan Moore did a great job uh, protecting Ben's blind side, uh, by blocking Miles Garrett the, the whole 
game. I mean, I'm sure he had some help, but he did a good job. And uh, I'm really becoming a a huge Dan Moore Jr. fan. I think he's a neat story. You know, people bemoan the line. Why didn't you do more about about the line? Why didn't you do more to to um, to rebuild the line? Yet, you know, they have they drafted uh, two guys and and fairly fairly high, and and they're both us, or, or at least they were up until last Sunday. They were both starting. Uh, the entire year, Kendrick Green. I guess he's been benched. He's he's struggled. There's no question. He's he's taken his lumps. But Dan Dan Moore has uh to me had a, a great rookie year at left tackle. You know he hasn't been perfect, uh, but for him to to remain in the lineup all year, I think that speaks volumes to his abilities and what they think of him. So hopefully, uh, Kendrick Green can can um, weather this storm of of our uh, rookie season and um, and take a leap forward. If not this year, maybe this off season he he uh, adds some strength to that frame. And certainly, he's certainly aggressive enough. He, he has the disposition for it. He has that mean streak. He has that aggressive streak that you're looking for. But uh, maybe he just doesn't have the size right now. And, and maybe he needs to go out and uh, hire a good trainer, personal trainer, and 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 transition his body um we've seen we've seen that a lot over the years with with young uh, athletes after the rookie year they they realize what they have to do to make it at the professional level and 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 they uh they dedicate themselves we saw it with alex highsmith this past off season he he really transformed his body uh zach gentry looks different and like completely different than he did his rookie year so you know, maybe it's Kendrick Green's turn to, to 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 dedicate himself to getting in the best possible shape to be an NFL center or a guard. Who knows? But um, you know, I'm I'm excited about this line again. Uh, if, if Kendrick Green can't make it as a center, and J.C. Hassenauer does, hey, he's a youngster too. Uh, to me, it's all about finding the 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 right combination. Uh, the right starting five, and and to me, that's how I'm worried about whoever it is. Kevin Dotson, um, he's been out, but you know he'll be back uh, next year anyway. Uh, but you know they played a great game on Monday, and and the running game was the best I think we've seen all year. Najee Harris, 188 yards on 28 carries. He had the big run at the end to put the game away to to guarantee a great send off a great home send off for big Ben. So that was great to see. Um, and to me again, I don't know how after all this time, nearly a year now since he was drafted, I don't know how anybody can, can deny that Najee Harris was the right pick for the Steelers. Um, he's, he's has anybody had more touches in the NFL than him in his rookie year? I don't think so. So uh, Najee is clearly going to be a great stealer and moving forward, he's going to be the, the key ingredient and in he's going to be the, the main cog in that offense. He's going to be the, 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 the player that, that the offense is built around. He's going to be the reason why it succeeds or fails. 
because it's probably going to be a while before they find a, a another great court. When, when I say a while, I don't mean 20 years, but the next year or two are probably going to be big question marks for the Steelers as far as the quarterback position is concerned. So they're, they're going to need somebody to carry that offense. So, um, you know, I think starting next year, Najee Harris might be the most important or critical member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, even more so than T.J. Watt. You know, T.J. Watt's about to break the the single-season sack record, and they might not even make the playoffs. So I think it just shows you how important offense is in today's NFL. And and uh, I don't know how long Najee Harris is going to be a, a, a bell cow running back, but he's definitely – going to be one for, for the next several years anyway. So um, he's going to, it's going to quickly transition from big Ben to Najee as far as, as uh, what makes the Steelers go, who stirs the drink for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it was, it was encouraging to see Harris's uh, performance on, on Monday and, and, and boy, does that guy run hard and he never stops moving the pile. It's amazing. So I was really encouraged by, Lots of things on, on Monday. Uh, the overall performance, not so much, but individual performances like Najee Harris and of course TJ Watt and, and, and Adams and, 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 you know, Dan Moore and, and, and those guys. So uh, we, we can't kid ourselves. Um, 2021 was always going to be kind of a bridge year, even with Ben coming back for one more year. I think the, combina- the, the, the combination of everything from him being 39 years old to a new offensive coordinator, uh, a new line coach who is now gone, Adrian Clem. So two, two different line coaches, a brand new line, a rookie running back, a rookie tight end. You know, it was always going to be a, a bit iffy that the Steelers were, were going to be true contenders. So, um, you know, the fact that that they've managed to win more games than they've lost up to this point is kind of amazing when you consider how how uh, how they've struggled pretty much all year. And you look at their stats; they're it's amazing to rate seven and one. So, um, with that in mind, that takes me to my next topic, and that is the Steelers' playoff chances with one game left. They travel to Baltimore this Sunday to take on the Ravens. The Ravens are already eliminated, I believe. Yes, they're eliminated. So, um, you know, Lamar Jackson's officially out. Tyler Huntley will be the quarterback. So I think you have to like the Steelers' chances of of winning. They've defeated the Ravens, what, three times in a row anyway. So uh, you have to like your chances at number four. And I feel good about Sunday's game as far as Pittsburgh – finding a way to win. It's not going to be, it's not going to be pretty. It never is when these two teams play each other anyway, but no game has been pretty for the Steelers in 2021. The prettiest part of the year came after last Monday's game with the farewell event. So it's not going to be a pretty game, but I like their chances of pulling out a win. But the bigger question is, will they get the help they need specifically from the Jacksonville Jaguars who have to beat the uh, Indy Colts in Jacksonville, I believe the game's in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's in Jacksonville, so at least they have that going for them. Uh, And if that happens, 
And provided the Raiders and Chargers don't end in a tie, your Steelers will make the playoffs as the final seed in the AFC. Wouldn't that be amazing? And, you know, I, I'm I'm happy with, with the fact that, that, that they're still alive for the playoffs. The chances are slim, but they're still alive. Because I think uh, you have to like be more understanding of this year's team as far as its struggles than some previous incarnations of, of your Steelers who went into the final week needing help. Specifically the 2018 team that essentially collapsed down the stretch and and blew a two and a half game lead in the AFC North with what six weeks left. And coming into the final Sunday, they needed to defeat the Bengals, which they barely did. And then they needed the the lowly Browns at the time to defeat the Ravens in Baltimore. And it almost happened, but it didn't happen. And you know, sometimes you reap what you sow. You if you if you blow as many games as they did down the stretch that year, then you only have yourself to blame uh, when you don't make the playoffs. When you don't, when you don't when you don't get the help you need. A couple years ago, I don't really fault them for that year either because they were missing Ben for all but six quarters of the 2019 season. You had Duck Hodges. You had Mason Rudolph as your quarterback. So it was a struggle, but they did have an eight, an eight and five record at one point and they, and they kind of collapsed again at the end and they, and, and going into the final week, they needed to beat the Ravens and they needed the uh, Texans who had clinched the AFC South to give a darn and defeat the Titans who were winning your in mode. And of course the Texans didn't care and they were, they rested all of their starters, and the Titans, the Steelers lost anyway. But, but even had they won, the uh, Titans would have gotten in. So, and the Titans were a better team that, that year, and they almost made it to the Super Bowl. So, I think the the best team got in. This year, I think it's more of, um, I think they're playing with house money at this point. Um, or maybe it's not. Is that the right term? House money. I don't know. But if they make the playoffs, it'll be a pleasant surprise uh, because I don't really think they could do much damage in the playoffs. Uh, as far as I understand it, uh, as the seventh seed, they'll probably have to play the Chiefs, maybe the Bengals. Both teams kicked their butts this year, so I don't know how excited I'd be about a, 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 a playoff a matchup against either one of those teams. I, I'd like to, to spend the whole week uh, – uh, dreaming about the uh, possibilities of a of a of an upset, but still, I don't know how I would like their chances. If they played the Titans, which I guess would still be a possibility, I would like that matchup a little bit more. But anyway, uh, I think just just the fact that they're alive for the playoffs right now is 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 a uh, a good thing. And if they make it, it, it's a bonus as far as I'm concerned. So, do I think the Jaguars can defeat the Colts? Probably not. Probably not. And, uh, but stranger things have happened. And if you look at, at their recent history, they've needed help on the final week. What now? Let's see. 2015, uh, 2018, 2019. This will be the fourth time since 2015 that they've needed help 
in the final week, actually the, the fifth time since 2013. And it's only happened once. That was back in 2015 when Rex Ryan and his Bills knocked off his old team, the Jets. So I guess you might you you, you might say that the Steelers are due. They're due for uh, to get the help they need. So who knows? Maybe maybe it'll happen this week, and wouldn't that be something? So that's pretty much all I have for tonight. I'm not gonna lie. I've uh, been working all day, so I'm, I'm I'm a bit out of sorts. I don't think I have it tonight, as far as the show is concerned, but. I got to this point. And I'm happy about that. So now I will take your questions and comments. And look, we have Mark Malone's with us tonight. Mark Malone, he says, hey now. All right. Or at least that was 15 minutes ago. So how you doing, Mark? Speaking of uh, of uh, the 80s, uh, he was a big part of the Steelers in the 80s, Mark Malone. So hello to him. If that is the real Mark Malone anyway. Ron Chess, who joins us. And he says, Tony, I'm late. I was shopping. It's cold in Pittsburgh today. Snow first. Uh, first snowstorm. Go Steelers. Tony, you're right. Reduced cap. Did best they could. Uh, the O-line could use a cap uh, fix. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think they're going to invest a whole lot in the line. Maybe, maybe they're going to go out and sign somebody to play right tackle. Because I think left tackle, I think they have to be excited about Dan Moore's future. And of course, you have Kevin Dotson at left guard. Uh, maybe they move on from Trey Turner after this year, who's a solid vet, and maybe upgrade at right guard and, and try to find the next David DeCastro. Who knows? Uh, center, that might be a, a place where they, they look. They might consider the Kendrick Green experiment at center a, a failure, maybe a permanent one. Who knows? I don't think they will. I think they're going to they're gonna give him every opportunity to, to – uh, to get past his rookie struggles and, and, and improve by a second year. Cause I think, you know, they, they drafted him in a third round. So I, I don't see them giving up on him anytime soon. I think maybe the one place where there is room other than right tackle for, for an upgrade in free agency, maybe um, uh, right tackle with, um, I think they're going to probably move on from Shooks. Zach Banner is a huge unknown. After all this time, he's still a major unknown. He's barely played uh, on, you know, he's he's barely played uh, on the line uh, up to this point in his career, which is kind of amazing. I mean, at least as a, a Steeler, anyway. So maybe they'll they'll go out and uh, try to get a right tackle. Who knows? <coughs> Excuse me. And just me says Steelers have six ways to win a playoff spot. I don't, I mean, as far as I, as far as I know, um, the only way that they get in is if the Colts lose and the Raiders and Chargers don't tie and they win, of course. I don't think there's any other scenarios for unless I'm totally uh, uh, out of the loop. And Steelers Pittsburgh says Wentz, meaning Carson Wentz, the Colts quarterback, has not thrown an interception on the road this year. Now he's having a pretty good uh, bounce back year. Ryan O'Toole says, guys, have you seen the latest on AB? Holy bleep. Yes. AB is being AB again. And, uh, you know, you saw his antics last Sunday where he uh, basically uh, undressed on the field and, and, did his own little victory lap 
as he ran off the field or his, his own farewell, farewell lap, I should say, as he ran off the field in New York as the uh, Buccaneers were playing the Jets. So, you know, Brown has now burned his bridges with the Steelers, the Raiders, the Patriots kind of, although I think they they had, they had they moved on from him because of, uh, you know, the PR, everything that came out from him, about him personally, right after he signed with the Patriots, and now the Buccaneers, you know. And for all the criticism that Mike Tomlin has faced about enabling Brown, so to speak, I think he should be commended for getting as much as he did out of him for as long as he did. Because nobody else, including uh, Tom Brady, has been able to, to keep Brown in check for very long since he left Pittsburgh. So, uh, you know, when you talk about six-round picks and, and being underdog stories, I think Antonio Brown is a great example of somebody who probably was a six-round pick, not because he was an underdog, but because he was a problem child and everybody knew it. And that's why people avoided him. I think if Brown was a, uh, a draft prospect in 2022, instead of 2010, more would have come out about him because of social media and, and, you know, everybody and their mother analyzing the draft and following the draft. I think we would have heard more about Brown's demons today than we did back in 2010. Um, so when you look at a player like Brown, it was clear that he always had talent and there's probably no way he should have been, he should have been drafted where he was. So it was probably the off the field personality issues. You're saying, same with, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You look at Aaron Rodgers compared to Alex Smith. Um, it's clear who the better quarterback is. The more talented quarterback has always been. So for Rodgers to go from, Possibly being the 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 top pick in the what two thousand four draft or no 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 which two thousand five draft I should say for him to, to go from possibly being the number one pick to the following following to the thirtieth spot and I realized there were some there were a lot of teams that did, didn't need quarterbacks but still for the was the 49ers to, to to choose Smith over Rodgers looking back on it I think you know Rodgers he's a great quarterback I love Aaron Rodgers but he's obviously always been a huge diva so you know when you see players of that caliber and you go back and you look at their draft uh status you're like wow why'd that happen sometimes it's because they're hard to deal with so yeah holy bleep indeed Antonio Brown, his he he is very he needs help. There's no question. There's no other way to say it. Antonio Brown has mental issues and emotional issues, and let's just hope he gets the help he needs because before it's too late. Because he's heading for a very tragic ending that we're going to be chronicling on some NFL film show years down the road. Unfortunately. That's just that's where Antonio Brown is headed, and it's it's a shame. But only uh, he he can only get the help he needs if he wants to get it. So best of luck to him. And here's Ron Chess, who just uh, he probably uh, jinxed Najee. He says, "Hope T.J. Watt gets sack record. Najee, all those touches, no fumbles. That's right. That's all all seriousness. All kidding aside, 
for a rookie running back to have as many touches both as a runner and as a receiver out of the backfield or as being split out wide for him to have as many touches as he's had this year and not fumble once. That's amazing. Hopefully we don't jinx him. Knock on wood. As far as TJ Watt, uh, I hope he gets the record. I really do. I really do. And uh, if he doesn't win defensive player of the year this year, he's never going to win it. I mean, it's just never going to happen. So, you know, but uh, that kind of hardware is nice. Obviously, it's great to, to be named Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, if you look back in Steelers history, how many truly great uh, defenders have won that award? Uh, Troy Polamalu, James Harrison, Rob Woodson, Jack Lambert, Joe Green. I think Mel Blunt won it one year. So he would he would join a select company. But the way he is... Uh, getting after the quarterback. I mean, he's on his way to being one of the best pass rushers who's ever played in the NFL. You know, Mike Tomlin mentioned it at his press conference the other day. You know, his his uh, pass rush rate as far as success is just off the charts. When you, when you look at his, his opportunities compared to how productive he is as far as sacking the quarterback and hitting the quarterback, pressuring the quarterback, the guy's just amazing. So... Uh, speaking of players who lasted longer than they should have in the draft, uh, you know, there were no uh, personality issues with TJ Watt. As far as I know, he was just a, he was converted tight end who had not played the position that long at Wisconsin, you know, outside linebacker. So that was probably one of the reasons why he fell to where he did. But, you know, if they redrafted the 2017 draft, I mean, Watt doesn't make it out of the uh, top five, maybe, number one overall. So uh, it's just a, an extraordinary uh, people talk about, they like to talk about the failures with the, you know, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin with the draft, but uh, TJ Watt was, uh, was a home run and, and uh, you know, uh, speaking of, of all time Steeler greats, he's probably gonna, gonna be one by the time he, he, uh, he's done as a Steeler. So, Let's see what else we have here. Heather. Heather McElroy Harris. Pessimistic. That's me. I guess she's talking about me. No faith in miracles. The odds were against David, too, when he took on Goliath. I believe anything is possible. Love them, Steelers, to the bitter end. I don't hear any fat lady singing, go, go, Steelers. Well, that's a very well-written, very well-written comment. Uh, I like your enthusiasm. I hope I hope uh, there is a miracle. Believe me, I hope I get to spend a whole week talking about the Steelers playoff game. I hope I get to talk about it with with uh, Brian and Shannon on Monday. I hope I get I hope I get to talk about it next Friday night with you guys on this show. I I I I, I just you know the odds are long. That's just that's just all there is to it. It's just it's about it's about the math. But you know the good thing is. They still have a chance. And here we are, uh, another year in which Mike Tomlin's team not only doesn't have a losing record, but remains in the playoff run or the playoff hunt all the way until the final week. They've only been out of the playoff race by uh, the final week once 
since Mike Tomlin's been head coach. So, you know, you can say what you want about that record. Nobody, a lot of people, for as many people uh, who, who love the, uh, the run of non-losing seasons for Mike Tomlin, there's almost as many people that, that hate talking about that stat. But it, it does speak to his overall abilities as a head coach, whether you want to admit it or not. Uh, it's amazing that no matter what's going on with this team, uh, no matter what, what what they're going through as far as injuries, as, you know, all the way up to Roethlisberger a couple years ago, uh, to their overall roster as far as you know, the makeup of it, you know, 2013, we saw that. We kind of saw it again this year. Not a great roster. They always remain in the hunt. So that's that speaks to his abilities to communicate and and, and to be a, a strong communicator because it would be very easy to to give up hope if you're if you're the Steelers and you're struggling week in and week out on offense and 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 you can't seem to get out of your own way on that side of the ball. You have all these injuries on defense, Stefan it. Obviously, Alou Alou and Hayden missed several games. Bush has struggled. Uh, it had been very easy to just th- uh, throw in the towel and say, let's just uh, get ready for the, for, for the offseason and, and a nice vacation. But no, they've hung in it to the very end. And you have to give them credit, the players, but you also have to give the, give the guy in charge, and that's Tomlin credit he's clearly the leader of that team uh you can question his coach coaching abilities all you want but he's clearly the man uh in in steeler land outside of ben of course but mike tomlin is the leader of men that everybody says he is so i'm looking forward to this sunday and seeing what the steelers uh can do against baltimore and seeing what the Jags, the Jaguars can do against the Colts, and hope if that all works out, you know, hope I'll be hoping that the Raiders and Chargers don't make some kind of deal where they just both kneel on the ball all game and settle for a tie so they mo- both make the playoffs. That would, well, that would be uh, that was at the NFL back like thirty years, so it probably wouldn't happen. But you never know. With that in mind, I think I'm going to call it a night. I am very sleepy. And I had fun with you guys, and I I can't wait to uh, talk to you again on Monday on The Hangover with Brian and Shannon. Until then, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy that final Steelers game. Regular season game, I should say. And hopefully the uh, everything works out and that miracle happens. And the Steelers are in the playoffs after this Sunday. Until I see you guys again. Have a great weekend and go Steelers.